episode 96 of the State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on April 2nd, 2019. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. This week on the show, I'll talk to Swotorista about the amazing Swotor community fan table she's organized for Star Wars Celebration. Also this week, Game Update 5.10.2 is coming. I'll talk about the Guild Heraldry feature and another feature you might not even notice. Finally this week, Peter the Selkath from SWOTOR Central talked with Charles Boyd and Eric Musco about all things SWOTOR. I'll give you some of the highlights later in the show. And with that, it's time to make the jump to light speed. And cue the moron. Well, thank you, Galt, and welcome to episode 96 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and as you heard in the opening, I have another great show lined up for you today. In just a few days, folks from all around the globe will gather in Chicago to geek out on all things Star Wars. This includes Star Wars The Old Republic. Now, most of you know that Bioware will host a cantina tour on April 13th, but that's not the only thing happening for Star Wars The Old Republic. Thanks to Swotorista, the hardest working woman in Swotor, fans of the game will have a place to meet other fans, learn about the game, and maybe pick up some cool swag. Joining me today to talk about the Swotor community fan table is the aforementioned Swotorista. Welcome back to the show. Hey, Ted. Thanks for having me on again. Well, I'm very excited that we were able to do this because although it seems like I'm trying to get information out to the great Star SWOTOR fans who listen to this show, which I am, I'm also doing this for myself because I, too, need to know the where, when, and how of it all. So, so why don't we jump right in and start with what exactly is the SWOTOR community fan table? So let's start off with what is Star Wars Celebration? It's an event that happens roughly once per year. Last year we didn't have one. And it's a convention focused 100% on Star Wars. One of the cool things about the show is they actually incorporate a lot of fan-made and fan love into the convention itself. So the Sotor fan community table is going to be an actual booth at the show run by fans like you and me. You're actually coming too, right, Ted? I am. I'm going to be there all five days, and uh, I'll probably, I don't know which panels and things I'm going to end up going to see, but in between all of that that fun stuff, I will probably use this fan table like as my home base. I would imagine stopping by quite frequently, seeing who's there, saying hi, and of course, they'll, I'll volunteer some time where I'll be required, so to speak, to, to sit there and, and greet all the cool folks that will come by to see it. So absolutely, I'm going to be there. So that's exactly it of what one of the main focuses is, is to have some of us players who really like the game and know a lot about it there to greet people, say hi, and answer any questions about the game. For players who are new, or maybe they haven't played for a very long time, say since the launch of the game, some of the other stuff we're doing is some uh, 
lots of giveaways for both players and potential players, as well as having a computer nearby where people can actually try out the game who've maybe never played it before. Some other cool stuff we're doing is there's going to be some neat props nearby. We're going to be right beside another really cool fan group, and we're going to be doing some online giveaways as well as some in-person swag giveaways. We've got some actual Sutter fan community, I guess you could call it merchandise, some buttons and some postcards that were officially approved by Lucasfilm. That's a lot of great stuff right there. So let's let's sort of dive into a few of those things. So so you're going to have a um, the ability for people to play the game. So I guess so you're going to just bring a computer and it'll just be what just the, the normal sort of a generic account, a free to play account. Let them dive. Yeah, right in. no, no, not a free to play account, not a generic <laughs> generic <laughs> account at all. Um, so first off, we had a really a really kind and generous player um, donate what was needed to have an actual gaming computer and to have. Uh, we had another player donate 4G internet, so we're going to go off oh, of that wow. as well as donating so we could have electricity for the booth because it's like a it's like an exhibition. You have to pay for furniture and stuff like that. And uh, so on top of that, the account I'm creating is a very special, lovely, wonderful account. It'll have uh, eight level 65s using the special tokens. It'll be a subscribed account and each one will have a really good looking outfit and speeder and stuff like that. And we're going to place them around the galaxy. So someone logs into uh, one of the various beautiful planets in the world and they'll be able to hop into the Knights of the Fallen Empire or Knights of the Eternal Throne expansions if they want to try those out. It's just because they're the easiest cutscenes to jump into. That's awesome. That That is a really, really great idea. That's better than any sort of playable demo uh, that you would normally see at an event like this. So that's cool that people will be able to sit there and see the game in action. And hopefully it sounds like it'll be on a very nice computer as well. So it'll look look as good as it possibly can. And it doesn't, I'm a little it worried really about <laughs> the internet because we tested it out and it worked pretty well. But we didn't test it out with 70,000 other people around yet. Oh, oh. You know what they say, Murphy hates uh, (laughs) IT folks and IT presentations, so you (laughs) you never know. So what kinds of things are you going to be giving away then? So you mentioned uh, swag and things that people will be able to pick up. What have you you put together for people uh, to walk away with? Yeah, so swag is a really interesting part of Star Wars Celebration that I didn't realize was such an integral and fan-based thing about the convention. There is an entire group called Swag Crew, who they literally just help people create their own fan-made swag to give away. So not only is there going to be swag from like actual exhibitors like Funko Pop and other Star Wars merchandise makers, there's going to be tons of fans handing out free stuff. So I really want to be able to give away some physical items about Star Wars The Old Republic because, as you know, there is is so little available uh, for Star Wars The Old Republic. There used to be some keychains and t-shirts way, way back in the day, but as of the last few years, not a lot exists. And uh, because it's such a digital hobby for us, I really wanted something people could walk away with in their hand in real life. So I took some of the iconic images from the release of the game, mostly from the uh, uh, cover art and stuff like that, and I created some Star Wars The Old Republic fan community buttons, big old beautiful art buttons, and there's six different ones like Satil and Malgus and uh, Jace Malcolm, and there's also going to be a very special seventh one. Can you take any guess at who might be on there, Ted? A seventh one. So who did you say you had on there already? You had I'll Malgus, Satil. Here we go. Satil. We've got Malgus, Satil, Jace Malcolm. We've got Venzalo, Shea Vizla, and the sixth, we were, we didn't have a sixth piece of art, so we picked Tawadir because she's a, a really cool, neat new character. That's I was going to guess Revan would have been my first choice. And if not him, then I would have gone with one of the newer characters. And she's a great one, um, I think, to, to put on there. And I'm sure Bioware would love to see her get some some promotion. <laughs> 
because I think she's going to play a big part uh, in the upcoming, in the continuing story that was introduced in Osis. I mean, it sounds like she's being set up to kind of be the new Satil Shan. Um, and Ted, I feel sort of really silly right now. Margus, Malgus. Ted, I feel really silly right now because Revan would have been a fantastic one to have added. Oh, next year, next year. Um, <laughs> but we actually had the seventh one was going to be made by a fan. And before we had all everything approved and had a bit of money to buy things, uh, a fan was like, hey, I'm really excited you guys are going. Can I help make some buttons? And I was like, sure. And it uh, in the end, it wound up he'd be making a seventh silly one. So the final seventh button, which there will only be a few of as they're handmade rather than manufactured, it will be Kephis Lives. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Another iconic Slotor character. I love someone like Kephis, right? Because this is so like Revan, you know, existed um, – in, Long before you know, Satori, night, yeah. Yeah, night, Knights of the Old Republic. And, you know, Satil and Malgus were characters that they used to sort of promote the game. They were, they were meant to be big. But Kephis was, you know, just a transocean that was just made, you know, sort of as a, as an ops boss. And just, you know, the community sort of turned him into what he was, right? It was not what was planned necessarily. <laughs> I knew he'd reached meme status when it was the uh, button creator himself who suggested the idea. <laughs> he said, do, 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 you, do you remember the saying on, that was going around, Ahsoka lives? What if it was Kevis? So that all sounds good. So we got great giveaway stuff. And then for all the folks attending Star Wars Celebration, where will we be able to find the table? So where is the, where's the exactly located in terms of the uh, convention center itself? The Star Wars The Old Republic fan community booth is number 1344, and if you're actually on the floor, the way to find it is look for the giant multi-club exhibit, the one that's uh, combined multiple other clubs like the 501st and the Mandalorians and all that, and we'll be nearby. Um, if you're still having trouble finding us, another club to look for is the cosplayers of the Old Republic, which are people who like cosplaying and making costumes in the Old Republic era, so Knights of the Old Republic. Star Wars Your Republic and from the comics and books and they'll have a booth actually right beside ours. And I was looking at a map. I think UtiniCast uh, tweeted out today uh, a map of the convention floor and highlighted uh, where the booth was itself and it also looked like it was close to some of the food vendors so that's another probably landmark which would you be able to find us as well. <laughs> Definite bonus. Come yeah. visit us at the Star Wars The Old Republic <laughs> fan booth and get some nachos along the way. Yeah. And bring us some nachos. Those of us will be like glued there, you know, talking to people, may not be able to get away. Although if it is near the food booth, that won't be a hard thing to do actually. So that's pretty cool. Don't worry, Ted. We've actually had a ton of volunteers from the Star Wars The Old Republic fan community. You won't be stuck there for very long. I'm hoping people will only be there about two hours at a time. So you'll be free to wander around and get some nachos. So that's where it is. And then and then what are the hours for the the convention and for for the table for the exhibit? Like is this I know the event starts on Thursday of Star Wars Celebration, although there are no panels that day, but I do believe right the exhibit hall is gonna be open. Uh, Thursday. That will like pretty much be the only thing going on. And then yeah, be... from what I understand, Thursday is kind of a free for all day where there's no panels, but the floor is open, and that's from 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. on April 11th, and the whole show runs April 11th to April 15th. On the other days, it's mostly open from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Very good. And then who? You said you had a ton of people who'll be manning the booths. Who exactly? Who are some of the people from the community that will be there that have volunteered to to show up besides you and I? 
Yeah. So there's so many people who are not only attending, but who are going to be volunteering. So some of the faces that you'll see in the booth from the community are Dekion and Fiona from UtiniCast and the Utiniites Guild. There's going to be Kogas, a streamer who's actually going to be coordinating all the streamers at the show. There's Will, who is also going to be volunteering. Six from the Sator Discord chat, one of the moderators there. There's Mox and Jesse from the Passionately Casual podcast. Zen, who is also from Utini Nights. There's a very frequent redditor named Preferred Until New Ops, who was very happy to go back to being a subscriber since we've gotten some new ops. There's Max from the Escape podcast, Elise and Magic Ace from the Council podcast, there, as well as uh, joining Magic Ace is going to be YOLO for any of those who enjoy watching streaming, um, also known as Snicker. And uh, Justin will be the lovely button maker who will actually be at the table for an hour or two. And uh, you from the State of the Old Republic podcast, Lady Ran, who will be there for a short time. She's a streamer. And if we're lucky, we'll see JT and Boomy at the uh, Cantina event itself, if not on the floor. That is an awesome list of, of, of people, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of familiar names to a lot of people. And, you know, it's always great to go and meet these people face to face. I always love putting names uh, to faces. Uh, That's one of the biggest things I'm looking forward to. I was thinking, why do I want to go to Star Wars Celebration? Sure, the panels are going to be cool. I'd love to see a lot of the displays they have up, but mainly I just want to meet other Star Wars fans and definitely Old Republic fans. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, you know, you talked about some of the exhibits and seeing some of these things. You recently crafted a, an amazingly beautiful holocron. It's truly awesome. Are you going to be bringing that to Chicago? Oh, Dan, I'm so excited about this project. <laughs> um, I, I mentioned earlier that there really isn't a lot of physical things for Star Wars The Old Republic, um, and I really wanted something people could touch and hold from our very digital hobby. So I I, I was originally going to try and buy one or, or commission one from a 3D printer, but... Uh, it would cost me probably a thousand dollars to get a really big one made that way. And uh, in the game, I wanted to make a a datacron, uh, the kind that people explore to go find that make this special little sparkly noise and you jump around to get and boost your stats. But there was nothing big enough. Um, most 3D printers didn't create a big enough size that you'd be able to see it in a photo of someone holding it or actually be able to pick it up and play with it a bit. So I went on a journey to make my own and it looks really cool now that it's complete. It's made out of um, acrylics. The panels were custom cut laser cut acrylic and I did a lot of spray painting and some clever work with magnets and LED lights and uh, glue to, to put it all together. And it'll be on display on the booth, so anyone who comes in person is welcome to pick it up, take a look around it, take some photos with it. It's uh, it's meant to be picked up. It's not just a display piece. Yeah, it was incredible, and I saw your video, which you showed, you know, how you made it and how it sort of came to life, if you will. So I think that that's very cool, and I'm, I'm kind of glad you were sort of forced to make it. I mean, 3D printing is cool and all, but that just sort of seems like cheating. <laughs> <A little bit. laughs> And what's really nice is since I made it myself, I, I can give like exact instructions how to remake it. It was surprisingly expensive because of the acrylic custom cut panels. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do that at home. wasn't quite a DIY project, but it's very it's very possible for someone to make it at home for sure. Now, not everyone can attend Star Wars Celebration, of course. Is there a way for people who aren't going there to participate in in the fan table, so to speak? 
Yeah, so my idea was I want to bring the Star Wars The Old Republic fan community, who's everybody online and our spirit and our enjoyment of, of the game, and bring it to the floor, to to the actual physical location. Um, but I also wanted to bring the spirit of the convention to everybody else who's online. There's so many people who would love to attend, but maybe don't live nearby. Maybe they live in Brazil. <laughs> that plane ticket is not quite worth it. and Or maybe they just couldn't attend for whatever other reason. There's thousands maybe, and maybe thousands. Maybe your chimney fell down and you had to spend, you know, your Star Wars celebration money to get that fixed. I'm so sorry, Marcus. Oh, oh. I'm sorry, Marcus. We'll miss you. Um, <laughs> this is an actual event that occurred. Poor Marcus was going to volunteer with us, but uh, yes, he didn't was. happen. Um, but if you're at home and you can't make it, I wanted to bring as much as I could to you. So we're actually doing a, a ton of different things to bring the spirit to you guys out there in internet land. So the first one is I'm going to be doing a ton of giveaways. I believe Ted will actually be doing one as well. Uh, both visit your favorite content creators, podcasters, bloggers, stuff like that. And also um, just keep an eye on your favorite communities like the uh, Star Wars The Old Republic Facebook Club, the Sotor Players Club. Uh, keep your eye on the Sotor family hashtag on Twitter. Keep your eyes on the Sotor Reddit and of course the big Sotor Discord. And there will be giveaways all over those places as well. On top of giving away over a billion credits and over 200,000 cartel coins worth of items, we're going to be trying to bring the actual convention to you guys as best as we can so um, I'm actually coordinating with a bunch of different streamers as well as people who are on the floor to stream as much of the convention as we can. We don't know if it will be, we can't promise we'll stream because like I said, we don't know how the internet will be. But so far, we've got tons of plans to make it happen. So if you want to find out when the streaming schedule is and stuff like that, you can follow this Twitter account, Sator underscore community. And on top of that, the SatorFanCommunity.com website will have the stream up. No, that sounds like a lot of fun. And are you just going to be streaming mainly from the booth then, I take it? Is that where it's no, going to be? No, no. Um, well, part of it. So we there's a bunch of different events that we want to go to. Like, for instance, one I'm going to be attending and streaming for sure is the Cosplayers of the Old Republic photo shoot, where anyone who's in a Sotor or Kotor outfit is going to be meeting up for a big photo shoot outside. And I'm really excited for that. And... Um, I know there's going to be some people talking directly to different cosplayers and in interviews. Um, there's going to be an actual panel by Charles Boyd. I'm crossing my fingers and we'll go record that. And of course, any downtime, we'll just have the cam up in the booth. That's right. Yeah, I saw that Charles was going to be doing a panel. I think he's doing it with Alexander Freed, who's one of the, the former writers from Star Wars The Old Republic. It's I, very yeah. interesting. It's called The Art and Craft of Video Game Writing, and it's supposed to be on April 15th. And speaking of those types of things, um, outside of the fan table, what are you most looking forward to uh, at Star Wars Celebration? I think I mentioned it earlier, but I'm just really excited to meet a bunch of other Star Wars nerds. Um, <laughs> especially at my work, there's not a lot of people into geek culture, so I'm super, super psyched to just absolutely nerd out at the convention. Um, I'm also really looking forward to some of the panels about some upcoming stuff. Like, I really want to know what's going on with the Mandalorian TV show, and uh, I'm really looking forward to the Sator Cantina as well, but that's off-site. Yeah, same here. I mean, this is, is is this your first Star Wars celebration, by the way? Or yes, it is my first. This is a, I, I think I would have gone last year if it had gone on that year, but this is the first year I really, really dug deep into the Sator fan community and actually gotten to meet all of you guys. Yeah, so this will actually be my third. The first one I went to was Anaheim, and I was able to make some friends there and meet, meet up some people. I was actually blogging for um, 
a group called the Cantina Cast, and they're still around. They 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 have a very they they were a podcast and blog site, and then they just sort of switched over to full time podcasting. But uh, and I think one of their hosts has just started playing Star Wars. They'll be public and probably swing by the, the fan booth hopefully. But um, that was sort of my focus when I went to Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, and then um, went to the one in Orlando um, as well. And I had that was actually. Yes, I had started podcasting at that point. So I was more focused on Old Republic stuff and meeting some people. And then this year, I'm like sort of full on in with, with Star Wars, uh, the Old Republic. So I think all the all the Old Republic related events will probably be the highlight of the thing. And certainly meeting all, all, all the people at the table, other content creators and so forth. That That's what I'm really looking forward to this time around for sure. And I would say in terms of panels, of course, I want to hear about Episode Nine, And I'm also interested in hearing about Fallen Order, which is the new video game. Oh, yeah, me too. I grew up on the solo Star Wars games. Uh, it's only in like my, my adulthood that I got into MMOs. And so I'm so psyched for another uh, story-focused solo game. Yes, I think that'll be great. And, of course, you, you did mention the, the, the Cantina which is going to be held on uh, Saturday, I believe, April 13th. What are you expecting out of the cantina this time? I think with all the hints that they've been given, plus just the general hype of of the convention, it, they're definitely going to be talking about the upcoming expansion. They've teased that they are working on one. It's, it's, a, it's actually official now. Um, we don't know much about it other than we'll be returning to the Republic versus Empire storyline, but I think they've been just holding up all of their announcements to get maximum hype and interest and excitement during Star Wars Celebration. They've also said in the past that they don't really want to hold cantina tours anymore when there isn't a lot to announce, so they must be bringing something big. Oh, yeah, I think I'd... You know, I would be the biggest surprise to me would be if they didn't announce uh, the next expansion. Um so I, I totally, Can I, you I, imagine? Hey guys, we're finally releasing Guild Heraldry! Yay! Yeah, exactly. Here's yes. some we free talked drinks. about five ten. Yeah, we talked about five ten two leading up to this, and now we're going to show it to you in in action, which they've already in done. In person, already, we'll have like already, a bunch of little cardboard cutouts to make heraldry symbols. One thing that we've seen at past. Uh, Cantina Tours is blur trailers, the really beautiful cinematic trailers that are created outside the game. Do you think they're going to have one for this upcoming expansion? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I would fully expect them to have one for the expansion, whether or not it's ready for Star Wars Celebration. Your guess is as good as mine. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. I'm going to, I'm, you know, if I had to make a guess, I'm going to say yes, they will unveil a blur cinematic trailer. Yeah, I have have no idea either because we know they're incredibly expensive, but they managed to do a really nice trailer for Osis, if you remember it, before it came out. So I'm wondering if if with their upgrades to the cinematic cutscenes and uh, the way they can record stuff in-game, if they might try and skip it to save some money and make something epic themselves. And just do an in-game type cinematic. Yeah, that that's possible. I mean, like you said, the the, the graphics and things seem... I don't know if they've done a graphic update to the game per se, but... What they've done with some of the new planets and, and places, they've, they've just been really to sort of step up their game with yeah. recent updates. So it's it's possible that they might do something like that, more homegrown. But I don't know, those blur cinematics are so good. And so I'm just trying to think other things that they've done. They've also had, you know, guests in the past, like Darren DePaul and people like that. So maybe ah, they'll yeah, have and the like voice actor there. for Valen. It'd be really yeah. cool if we could have some of the newer characters like uh, 
Tao Dare or maybe a fan favorite like uh, Lana Benico would show up. Yep, that would be very cool. So I'd expect those typical types of things. But yeah, I think it's all going to be the focus is really going to be on 6.0. So yeah, oh, so... Ted, Ted, I have I have a guess for who might show up. We do know that Catherine Tabor, who voices quite a few characters um, in uh, the various cartoons, like I think she does Padme as well as some other female characters, but she also voices Vet and Mission Bayo. So maybe she might show up, but she sounds oh. like she's a really busy lady when it comes to voice acting. So she might already have her schedule full. Possibly, but that would be kind of cool to have the, someone like that uh, show up there. And I was trying to think what else I was sort of maybe hoping to get out of the Cantina tour. So I mentioned yeah, the 6.0 expansion. Oh, yes. If not a... F- and I don't expect them to give us a full-blown, an actual release date per se, but I would love to get a general time frame of when they expect the expansion to be released. Yeah, so I'd love to see, I am... Like- I am so curious about that because, like, the obvious choice is it should be in December when they mm-hmm. usually are or something like that. But I've heard that uh, there's a possibility it might not be able to be then now that they're so tied to Disney. Disney has to, like, portion out the Star Wars announcements, I guess you could say, trying not to conflict with other ones. And if there's going to be a movie at the end of this year, then uh, Star Wars The Republic might have to shift its launch. Yeah, that'll be interesting. And that sort of leads to something else I'd wanted to ask you about, because one of the things I've mentioned on recent shows is that there hasn't been much content released to the game this year. And of course, obviously, there's a ton of excitement surrounding SWOTOR right now, simply because we expect to hear all about this new expansion. But how would you classify the state of the Old Republic right now? Is it good? Yeah, that's a, it's kind of complicated because... Obviously, no one's happy about the lack of expansions for the last few years. When the game launched, there was an expansion every year for the first four years. And then and then what happened? We're, we're not quite sure, but there wasn't any more expansions in the last little while. And if you look at the um, patch updates, update by update, there is something every three or four months. Uh, a new boss, there's a new war zone, there's a new stronghold, stuff like that. Um they are active. They're definitely not stopped updates by any means, but I think most players would definitely say they're not happy with the state of the updates in the last two years or so, especially some of the updates have been so sketchy, kind of like uh, Galactic Command being added and them having to spend so much time just retconning it <laughs> or some other changes that didn't go over as uh, well as possible, kind of like the most recent gear changes and the various conquest changes over the years have have made some people cranky. So they were updates, but they weren't really wanted ones. Um, what I will say is that OSIS broke my mind about how fantastic it was and how different it felt from content they'd been releasing before then in the last two years. It really felt like going back to true roots when it came to their planets, like the explorational aspect, the really interesting atmosphere and environment, the the two different storylines. Um, I think if they're able to keep that up, we're in really good shape because I've heard very few complaints about the actual OSIS update itself. And, and they're continuing on that with that new um, lair boss, the the hive queen i can't remember her name yeah the hive queen i i haven't had a chance to to see the hive queen although i'm but hopefully we'll do that uh it's really week, cool. I, I won't give any spoilers, but um, you know how in Taboro's Courtyard, you just kind of wander in, there's the boss, fight him, and the mechanics are kind of interesting, and it's nice because it's its own boss. This one actually has uh, a true, like, it's explorational. There is actually some hidden achievements in there and some really fun stuff to do with your group. But yeah, I sort of have to agree that, uh, yes, they have been doing updates 
somewhat regularly, but as you said, there's either been features that maybe no one's really asked for, or been thrilled about, or they've just been sort of small and been stuff that you just kind of burn through very quickly. Even this next upcoming update, although I have to say I'm probably more excited about the preview window than I really should be. <laughs> I'm excited for both of those things. I am a space Barbie of the Old Republic. I want Guild Heraldry for my guild. We we My guild is a, a multi-game guild, so we actually play other mm-hmm. games, like for example, Guild Wars 2, and we've had banners for Guild Wars 2 forever, and when they came out in game, I was so excited I could wear my little guild yep. banner on my chest and, and show my pride for my guild, so I'm super excited for that, and I think anyone who feels strongly about their guild would probably feel the same. And the preview window, it, yeah, I don't know anyone who complained about that, really, to be honest. Obviously, it's not a content update, but it's a very, very much needed for a long, long time update. Yeah, and I went and played with that a little bit on the, on the PTS when it was when it was up. And it was, you know, pretty much as advertised, the only thing. And they've acknowledged that, you know. Sound, the, sound, sound. Sound, yes. It's the sound for the weapons. I really was hoping that... Uh, we would have gotten that, but that, I think that would have made it just about perfect. But maybe we'll maybe we'll get it. We'll see. But other than that, yeah, no, I think um, it, this is going to be an interesting year for Star Wars Old Republic. I'll be real curious to see what they, they bring in 6.0. Yeah, and, if they and, can follow up with what we saw in Osis and turn that kind of style into an entire expansion, I think I think we're on a really solid, good track. I, this one, I think, is also going to be a kind of make it or break it for them, especially with such a long time between expansions. So I'm really hoping they bring their A game, because if they do, it's going to be fantastic for the game, as well as future updates. Yeah. And is there anything that you're sort of looking forward to in 6.0? Although we know nothing about what's coming, right? But, but or, or what you might hope that they would put in 6.0? I'm I'm really looking forward to going back to the Republic versus Empire storyline. I mean, we can't guarantee what that's going to be, but I'm really hoping that means my trooper can start being a trooper again. We know there won't be individual class storylines, but um, although I really actually liked the uh, Knights expansions, they did focus a lot on outside factions and the Valkorian family. I'm hoping once again we'll get back to characters that are more integral to the I guess the player's Star Wars universe. For example, in the base game, there's lots of important characters like Jace Malcolm, Satil Shan, um, Malgus, and uh, your character felt really connected to them, whereas the Valkorians were very, very much an other you're just dealing with on a constant basis, but you don't really want to. Right. I sort of agree with that. I think they've been very good about... um cultivating characters in this game and, and like like Darth Malora is a great example of someone who you know was just uh, an NPC that you know you never yeah, really gave a second thought to yeah that was such a fun such a fun choice of character I thought that was great you know and there's lots of characters like that where they just sort of bring them up and they you know they, they start out as you know nothing and then become grow into sort of important figures uh, and it just I don't know kind of gives it a, a history to it all sort of keeps it Grounded in a way. I mean, I just, I just love that they do that. That they find a way. Yeah, to between her and, and Master Nostral, that's fantastic. Yeah. So I yeah. do hope they continue on with that. Some of my big questions since the uh, expansions came out were: What was the state of the Jedi and the Sith Empire? What mm-hmm. is the state of the Sith and the Republic military? And we're starting to get questions like that answered very slowly. And I think a lot of them are going to come up real fast in whatever this next expansion is. So obviously, I think like pretty much everyone who plays the game, I'm looking forward to this continuation of the story in 6.0. And then the other thing, and I, I mentioned this uh, when we, we spoke on, on Saturday, but, but for anyone who maybe didn't catch the, the live stream, and we were talking a little bit about 6.0, um, the live stream that you had done over the weekend on Saturday, 
Well, I was seeing if they add anything new, um, like the secret droids or, or, or macro binoculars. Is there some yeah, sort of I'm, new feature I'm very that we curious, haven't seen? Um, because uh, lots of players have asked. There are things that haven't been added yet, like pod racing or Pazak, mm-hmm. and some of those can't be added for technical reasons, and others we could, I guess, be added. Maybe just weren't worth the time. Uh, but I, I, I don't, I don't even know what else would be new that we don't have already. Do you have any guesses? You know, I, I don't know. That's, that's, you know, that's why I guess they get paid <laughs> to make these <laughs> games. And, and I don't, cause I'm not really sure, um, what else that they could do per se, but that's, you know, you know, but that's what I'm sort of hoping for is like, I'm just wondering, you know, that's really, it's a Charles Boyd question. I guess if I, I maybe I'll ask him at the cantina. It, it will and, be customizable beards where you can, um, right. adjust every strand. <laughs> but, but the question I was going to ask is, you know, sort of have they reached the, sort of the ceiling by what they can do um, with this game. With the or engine, is, yeah. Yes, if you will. Or are there other things out there that they're, they're, they know they can do? It's just a matter of finding the right time to, to do it. And there are create, ton, no limit to the creative things that they could Well, we they know they're not like – uh, I don't know about um, – off on the side things but we know they they still have tons of creativity left when it comes to boss mechanics from gods from the machine there's so much going on in that operation yeah that was a that was a, a tough operation i mean i i did it several times in story mode with some folks but i i haven't even touched hard mode i guess eventually at yeah some point same here people go in there and do it on that but i was just impressed with the the complexity of that operation, especially in story mode where that's kind of designed for like eight random people to kind of go in there and plow through it. And that's was not a very pug friendly. I was saying I would, I would not go in there with eight random people. Sorry, Ted, I am not in your pug group. (laughs) (laughs) They said, yes, we are going to get another operation of some kind, but I think Matt Pusevich, who's one of the, the lead encounter designer, even acknowledged that the, Gods from the Machine had sort of a higher level of, of difficulty than they are likely to do for their next operation. That They might tone it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think it's safe to expect, obviously, new storylines. If we're lucky, uh, mm-hmm. a separate Republican Empire storyline, definitely at least one new operation, at least in story mode and maybe hard mode. If we're super lucky, nightmare mode, maybe a new PvP map. Or if we're really lucky, a new actual like style of map that we haven't seen before. Um yeah, and then whatever that special thing that we haven't thought of is something new to the game. Well, whatever it will be, I hope we'll hear a lot about it at Star Wars Celebration and have a chance to ask Eric and Charles and everyone else there all about it. Um, so that's just a few days away here, really, just less less than two weeks. So I'm, I'm very excited. Me too, Ted. Me too. So I'll see you all there, those of you who are coming in person and those of you who are staying online. I'll see you in the streams. Well, thank you for coming on the show to talk about the fan table and everything that's planned for Star Wars Celebration. As I said, I can't wait to, to be there to meet you and all of the other great fans of the Old Republic. Thanks, Ted. I'll see you there. Last week, I mentioned that game update 5.10.2, Heralds of Victory, is coming in April. It features a completely redesigned preview window and the new guild heraldry feature. Both features went up on the PTS, and the PTS is now offline, and testing is complete. 
No word on a release date yet. I talked about the preview window last episode, and now I want to tell you all about Guild Heraldry. Simply put, Guild Heraldry allows guild leaders to design a logo or symbol to represent their guild. There really isn't that much to it. Your heraldry is created through the guild UI, and it has two key parts. First is the symbol, which is displayed in the foreground, and second is the detail, which sits in the background. There will be over 100 symbols and backgrounds to choose from, and they include things such as the Havoc Squad logo, the Mandalorian symbol, the credit symbol, a mug of ale, and much more. Once you select your symbol and detail, you can then customize the color of each. There is a color wheel, and I believe you can also select your color by inputting the hex code or RGB values. And that's it. It's a nice little feature. However, if you're not a guild leader, it's not something you'll spend a lot of time playing with. Now, if you're like me, one thing you will spend a lot of time playing with is the preview window. Eric Musco provided an update on some issues that will be fixed when 5.10.2 goes live. This includes cloth physics will display as intended. They've corrected a variety of issues related to zooming and rotation. Pets being previewed will now show as equipped in the preview window. The play button will now have a tooltip. Dual pistol and auto cannon animations will no longer loop. Players will get their dance on while previewing the music therapy probe. Armor will preview with its currently equipped die. The reset button will reset moods. And you can now unpreview weapons. Eric also provided some clarification on what exactly is supposed to happen when you hit the animate or play button. He said, one thing that I have seen a bit of confusion around is, what does the play button actually do in the preview window? Since it has differing functionality depending on what you are previewing, I thought a little clarity was in order. He said, mounts, it will play that mounts flourish if it has one. If not, it will show the mount in motion. Pressing it again will stop the mount from moving. For characters with the weapon drawn, the character will begin an animation set to that weapon type. Pressing it again will stop the animation. Characters with the weapon sheathed, the character will run in place. Pressing it again will stop the character from running. And if you have a character with a pet previewed, both the character and pet will begin running. Pressing it again will stop both from running. And one last bit about the preview window. Eric said, We know there are some requests for places where we can expand functionality, such as previewing weapon sounds. These type of requests have been noted by the team, and we will look for opportunities to get these added in the future where possible. So no weapon sounds on this first iteration. Fingers crossed that we'll see it later this year, as I think it will add great value to the preview window. Now, there is one other thing coming in 5.10.2, but it's more of a behind-the-scenes feature that if BioWare hadn't called attention to it, none of us would have ever known about it. I'm talking about dynamic placeable objects, a.k.a. DYNs, although really shouldn't that be DPOs? Anyway, BioWare published a very technical yet fascinating article on this world-building change. So what exactly is a DYN? Well, it's an object that can be placed in the game and changed. Think of things like an elevator switch or mission item that we interact with. So what's the big deal with these things? The short answer is, up until 5.10.2, these were very complex objects with tons of dependencies that made simple changes, like relocating an object, a very big lift. Just how big? In the article, they gave an example of an NPC with some triggers that set off an event or action. Reading from the article, they said, This NPC could have several DYNs tied to it, 
lighting, audio triggers, an interaction trigger, etc. Taking it a step further, all of those triggers could then be tied to others, thus creating a much more complicated web of fixes. Let's put all of this into an actual situation now. Taking our mentioned NPC, let's say when you interact with it, a nearby wall blows up. That wall is another DYN with its own set of effects connected to this sequence of events, each of which may be tied to yet another DYN with its own set of effects. You can see how this could quickly get out of hand and require hours of work for what would, in theory, be an otherwise simple fix. So yeah, DYNs are complicated, so what's being done to simplify things? According to the article, we're taking what are all individually separate entities, our previously mentioned MPC and wall, for example, and packaging them together into a single item. By doing this, we will refine, polish, and optimize the entire process. In turn, this makes the development process for making new DYNs much shorter. So what does that mean for us? Well, again, according to the article, in general, the system is highly expandable, which opens the doors for our team to create and implement a lot of things that were previously impossible. Something the community has requested for a long time are interactable stronghold decorations. Imagine your whole guild meeting up and leaning across the bar, sharing drinks after the latest successful run. While this idea is not a guarantee, it should help paint the picture for things that we can do that never used to be possible. So there you have it, a little behind-the-scenes look at a behind-the-scenes feature coming in Game Update 5.10.2. I really like this article, by the way, and hope that they do more of these types of technical features moving forward. Now, I know we're all expecting some big announcements from BioWare at Star Wars Celebration, and while things have been quiet of late, it hasn't been complete radio silence. On March 21st, Eric Musco and Charles Boyd sat down with my good friend Peter the Selkath of SWOTOR Central. If you haven't heard the interview, you should give it a listen. It was quite good. I'm not going to go over everything they discussed, but there were a few nuggets of information worth mentioning. For those anxiously awaiting the return of Kira and Lord Scourge, which is everyone, by the way, it was originally thought that they'd return as part of the main story, but Charles is rethinking that. He is now leaning towards returning them via an alliance alert for Jedi Knights only. The reason for Jedi Knight only is he can't imagine a situation where Kira would work with the Sith. He also thought it strange that Scourge would want to work with the Smuggler, for example, although I'd argue that our characters have moved well beyond our original roles. Now, if you like Strongholds, then you'll be happy to know that another one is in the works. No information of where or when, and it may not even happen this year. If you like playable species, then you'll be happy to know that they're talking about that right now. Again, no ETA on when that might happen or what the species might be, but Peter, Charles, and Eric talked a lot about Nautilans during the interview. On the topic of Galactic Command, Charles said that while it might change, their philosophy of it being a supplemental gearing system will not. In fact, expect gearing and itemization to be a big topic and focus for the game this year. 
This includes how we get gear, the possibility of PvP-only gear, legacy gear, and things like locking mods and enhancements to a specific slot, which Charles said they hate too. I would expect that to change, but not for the current 252 and 258 gear. Two popular subjects that always seem to come up are an option to toggle hoods and weapons in the outfit designer. Regarding hoods, they said it's too big of an undertaking, so don't expect that ever. Weapons in the outfit designer, however, is still on the table, but hasn't made its way onto any roadmap, so again, probably not this year. And one final bit of news, Charles said they are working on a new event for this year, and that it will have its own area. Like I said, if you haven't listened to the interview, you really should. I'll have a link to it in the show notes. Other things they discussed were subscriber rewards, ops passes, PvP, and a whole lot more. It's a great little appetizer of information ahead of the Chicago Cantina. safe to say that one of the highlights for Star Wars Celebration is going to be the Cantina Tour. A quick reminder that the Cantina will be held on Saturday, April 13th from 7 to 11 p.m. Central Time in the Grand Ballroom of the Marriott Marquis in Chicago. I believe the hotel is walking distance from the convention center. Can't wait to see you all there. Okay, we're in the home stretch now. I want to do a few community shout outs before I leave you today. First, huge congratulations to Shintar from Going Commando. She got married recently, and the best part is, it was to someone she met playing Star Wars, the Old Republic. I want to give a big thank you to Swotarista and Kid Lee for having me on their stream this weekend. They organized a fun in-game event to celebrate Swotarista getting 50,000 subscribers to her YouTube channel. I got a chance to stop by and say hello. Lastly, I want to give a big thank you to Marcus from Working Class Nerds. He invited me to be a regular member of their hard mode, I ain't calling it veteran mode, ops team. Dr. Swotor from Cast is also on the team. We're currently working our way through Dread Fortress, and Dread is the best way to describe it. I'm looking at you, Draxus, the destroyer of guilds. It's been a lot of fun so far, and I look forward to saying more about it in future episodes. Final note for today, I've got an update on a bug that became a feature that is now a bug. You know how if you start Fallen Empire Chapter 1 and get Darth Maul as a companion and then exit the chapter, you can run around all over the galaxy with him by your side? Well, you might have noticed that you can't do that anymore. Here's what Charles Boyd had to say on that. We really didn't intend to remove the ability to use Mar and others outside of their respective chapters. This was a side effect of solving a bug that would have blocked progression through the Osis storyline for some players under certain conditions. The game gets confused about which temporary companion you should have, and chaos ensues. As some folks have guessed, taking temporary characters out of their chapters was never really an intended or supported feature, but since it didn't really hurt anything or give anyone an unfair advantage, we decided to leave it in when it was discovered. 
Given that some of you have put a lot of time into these characters, it is our goal to find a way to give you access to them again. Unfortunately, I can't give an ETA for when that might happen, as we still have to ensure that any solution we pursue doesn't risk blocking players' progress elsewhere in the storyline. So the good news is it's truly a bug that they intend to fix. The bad news is it sounds like the fix will be coming soon. Trademark. And that's the state of the Old Republic for today. Let me cut in the sublight engines and cue the music and congratulate you on surviving another, I don't know, it was long today, listening to episode 96 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and I thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly from the show site, which is SotorPodcast.com, and there is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at SotorPodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions to at SotorPodcast or send me a direct message. And be sure to follow me on Twitter to get the latest information on the show. Look for episode 97 after I get back from Chicago. Till then, remember the Sith Code. Take is alive.